0: Hey guys, are you a fan of sausage, beer, and polka? Or maybe just beer. Come to Oktoberfest, Cincinnati. This September 17th, we'll be in
1: Cincinnati, and you can roam the streets with the Have a Drink crew. Come, see the sights, eat the together, drink the beer.
2: We'll be there around 10.30 a.m. at the main stage for the keg tapping and to see Jim Cook live the life we wish we could. Contact us if you plan to be there so we can keep a lookout for you.
1: Well, the beer gods must be crazy, because there's a lot of them, and they're drunk. Seriously, it seems every culture that came up with alcohol decided they needed to have some sort of deity of getting rickety-wrecked. Today we're going to scour the pantheons for the best parties and to see who likes to throw down. So come in and have a drink.
2: To Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
1: I'm Justin Frazier.
0: And I'm Christopher Walker. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. So, what have you uh, been up to? Uh, working. Uh,
1: <laughs> regular jobs are weird, guys.
2: Uh, I've been out are. of that
1: for a while, so it's, it's been all my life has been lately.
0: So. Yeah, welcome. Well, I can't say really welcome to... Our world, because I work the worst hours on the planet. I mean, I don't know.
1: You could work, like, three hours in the middle of the night, two hours, like, at noon, and then, like, four hours, 30 seconds, you know, 30 minutes after
0: that. True. True.
2: Oh! There's no winning.
0: We never got to bring it up earlier. Other thing, uh, last night, free rev concert.
1: Oh, that's right. I remember seeing pictures from that. Down Square.
0: They're finally back stateside after being in Europe, and they seemed really tired.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if you've if you've been around Europe carrying around a pickle bucket like that, you're gonna get you know, in a washboard. You're gonna get tired. Did, uh, you know? There's a chance not everyone knows that we're talking about Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band.
0: Yes,
2: um, wonderful band from Indiana, and.
0: Uh, the
1: man challenges Chris and Beard.
0: No, no, he doesn't challenge, he beats me. He, he wins. wins. Oh. His is immaculately like groomed. Yeah.
2: He his,
1: his is very well groomed.
2: And this uh, is the first time we've seen him since he's lost the weight and become ripped out of his mind.
1: Oh my god, yeah.
2: Like if he was carrying anything, it was it was all of them plus all their gear throughout all of they, Europe. <laughs> throughout he
1: they did they backpacked through Europe and by backpacked I mean they put a a like some sort of
0: saddle on him. They rode him and... Breezy <laughs> was just riding him.
2: him. Yeah, it's all it's all the arms. Like, he's just... Yeah, he's busting out of stuff. He was just
0: it's holding a, the guitar a, with he, the, like, harmonica, harmonica strap on, just cruising down the road. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you're curious about them, go look them up. It's a three-person band that involves a washboard player, a drummer with a pickle bucket drum... Well, he's got more, but that's part of his drum kit. And, uh... And then the Reverend himself, who plays, uh. He an swapped amazing out guitars guitar. no
2: less than four times last night. He what? Swapped out guitars no less than four times.
1: Uh, I mean,
0: jeez. <laughs> and he got out the it, cigar they, box guitar.
1: Yeah. Well, they have no bassist, so he's got to do it all himself. No, no, they while have a bassist. It's they his have bass thumb. Now?
0: It's his thumb. Well, yeah.
1: yeah. His <laughs> thumb plays bass while the rest of him plays. plays everything else. He's.
2: They're amazing.
0: Yeah, if you it's, like, it's
1: a really fun upbeat blues
0: band. Yeah, you know, folk and blues—that's yeah. really the genre they fall into. Yeah, with a, a whole lot of one. don't care what you think. That's, yeah. yeah,
2: just fun songs, and and you know that you, you still get the same. If you've seen them before, you still get the same fun. T- like that that washboard still getting satellite.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's always flaming always washboard solos. She sets the washboard on fire. I mean, come on. <laughs>
1: yeah, when you're when you're a washboard player, you just hope to channel Jimi Hendrix.
0: <laughs> That's what she just Hendrix that thing. She'll set it on fire and play it, and then smashes it on the stage. It's it's glorious. It's absolutely, wonderful. yeah.
1: I think we first saw them at a Flugging Molly concert. Yeah, that, no, them. that
0: tour was like their. It
2: was their opening deal. Yeah, yeah
0: that was the first thing because uh, that was their first sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, and, because and, like, what's his name from Flogging Molly? Uh, they were playing at a big folk festival somewhere here stateside, and were just you know checking out all the other acts, and then they saw Rev playing, and he he fell in love. He said, "No, you are opening on our next U.S. tour," and, and he got he
1: got the slot of good openers at uh, Flogging Molly shows, which is just before them. Yeah, <laughs> when they're headlining, their second act is always it's always pretty solid.
2: That was yep. that, that was one not, of the best. Not shows. so much
1: the first one.
0: No, no. I think it's always the case though.
2: But yeah, and to to tie it back to drinking, there were as soon as we walked outside last night, because we walked to Fountain Square to watch this free performance that was amazing. But I I immediately started sweating because it was so humid. And we get there and I see people with drinks everywhere and I'm like, You guys are insane. <laughs> like how are you drinking when it feels like Florida?
1: I mean, how do they drink in Florida?
2: I don't know. I don't understand uh, how people who are just drinking around Epcot, for example, just don't die. So, we won't
1: go
0: to Florida unless it's like September or later.
1: So uh, we have a new plan. Uh, from from reports I've heard in the field, uh, if they do a CreateCon from uh, for for a Move TV, if they do that again at some point, we need to go because we need to go drink around Epcot.
0: Yeah, we're gonna that,
2: have to save like all the money ever.
0: That's like, fine. No. At the end of Night Attack, they were going on about the final cost, and I'm like, "That is not true," because I can tell you from experience, it is like twelve dollars a beer in Epcot. It is dumb.
2: They knew people. They had to have.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: but that's that seemed like a thing. I saw that, and I was like, "God, I wish I was there." To first of all, I want to drink around Epcot. Period.
2: Yeah, we thought uh, we were.
1: going to I've never that.
0: been no. in Epcot at all. Oh, so we thought we were going to on our honeymoon, and then it was like you get two countries in. You are like, no. <laughs> like, this is how much? You are like, this is how? Like, no, I don't have. It's that or eat. I <laughs> mean, who needs to eat when you can come? When you can
1: come in, catch the the fireworks in uh, uh from from England, and get like three rounds before last call.
0: To be fair, we had the <laughs> ultimate uh, British experience walking in to England. I loved that. As soon as we crossed from Canada, it started pouring the rain.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like England. And they were
0: like, no, wow, Disney, go, they go far. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Bringing the climate and everything. Suddenly it's chilly I, and wet. I'm like, man. I
1: bet, I bet you look over to the other side of Epcot, and it's like, oh, man, why is it so sunny and warm over there? Oh, they're in Mexico.
0: <laughs> no, that, that's what it was. We came in, uh, we did it clockwise, so we came in through Mexico Hot, sunny, just like got off. We're like, ugh, let's get out of the sun for a while. By the time we made it over, walking into uh, England, suddenly just a downpour. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to run in here and watch little kids get their picture taken with Mary Poppins.
1: Really? Okay. I see. I was wondering what they had for the rest
0: of the family that wasn't drinking at Epcot. Uh, Beatles merchandise and Mary Poppins.
2: That, that is all of UK, yeah. Okay. Oh, at, at, for the UK, yes.
0: I was going to say, like, I maybe mean,
1: it'd be weird if they were selling Beatles merchandise in, you know. Uh, actually, it'd be less weird if they were selling it in Germany than you would initially think. But yeah. anyway, that's where no. they got their start. Anyway, Disney. we're Bay not, we're not a be. Beatles podcast. Although, could we be? Can we start a Beatles?
0: No, no, because no. if you go back to the okay. Pulp Fiction thing where there's two types of people, Beatles or Elvis, I'm more of an Elvis guy. I mean,
1: I, I say why choose. I enjoy both.
0: This is true. I do not hate on the All Beatles, right. but okay, we should uh, we should move into some of this news. Okay, we've stalled long enough. Uh. Okay, first story from draft, and this is actually something we noticed when we went out looking on shelves uh, this past week. Brewers struggle to find pumpkin for this year's fall brews. Brittany,
1: where do you where did you put it?
2: all in
0: the
1: closet somehow I'm almost positive all of the pumpkin is somehow with you
0: she took it all I I can't even find it (laughs) Uh, depending on your preference for pumpkin beers this news is either a bummer or a blessing some brewers this year are struggling to source pumpkin puree for their fall pumpkin beers perhaps you remember the great pumpkin shortage of 2015 just last year I think we actually ran a story on that I believe so it was an issue and who would have thought it happened again well, it didn't have catastrophic effects for our autumn autumnal autumnal autumnal. Yeah. autumnal. Okay. Beers or Thanksgiving pies last year, it may have a lingering effect on pumpkin availability in 2016. If brewers didn't get their orders in early, many are finding that suppliers have no more gourds left to sell. So, I mean, you think they should plan
1: ahead more, I guess. Uh, yeah, but if, there's... You, if you were short one year, like it's farming, I I know, like, oh, they'll just grow more, but there's a finite amount of stuff you can, space you'll have for, especially for, like, pumpkins. Yeah. What's
2: funny to me is that uh, so many beer snobs go on about the pumpkin, like, oh, pumpkin beer, can't wait till this is over, or, or, you know, something along those lines, and yet, clearly there's a demand, because everybody feels the need to not only get a, a ton of it done, but in... Earlier and earlier. Yeah, the
1: well, seasonal it's creep. It's because th- those people are balanced by by Brittany's pumpkin, all the things.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody else is too. <laughs> no, the seasonal
0: creep this year really kicked in because, um, what the first Octoberfest was reported <laughs> out last month.
1: Well, Christmas is starting like Christmas season is starting like the week after next. So, we got to <laughs> yeah. get the the fall season started now. You didn't know
0: right. you didn't
2: know Halloween was next week now?
0: The seasonal creep is big, and when we went out when it came for pumpkin beers, what all did we see? Wallace Point already had theirs out. Which uh, we've had
2: um, Yeah, uh
0: Pumpkin Down, delicious. It's oh a my.
2: Scottish Pu- ale, by the way.
0: Pumpkin Down. Pumpkin Down. <laughs> and um
2: uh, Ichabod from New Holland And and then uh, we saw a weird Samuel Adams one That's new this year Which is pumpkin-y um, No, that was out
0: last year too We just didn't get to try oh, it Okay,
2: yeah. Um, But yeah, but the, no, a ton of them are out though
1: Is that like the they put one ton of pumpkin into a bottle?
0: No, yeah, was the, the 20
2: pounds of pumpkin is the name
1: of it
0: 20 pounds of pumpkin in every barrel I feel like that's where all the pumpkin went Yeah, <laughs> Sam, Adams. Sam Adams yeah. took it all Boston Beer bought it all before anyone else could Boston Beer bought
1: fifty percent, and the other fifty percent is somewhere in your house. Start looking at the ceiling.
2: Mm, yeah, and oh, that's true. Boston Beer speak uh, along <laughs> with Boston, the Yeah, that's true too. That's true. I was like, see, I knew I was right. <laughs> Suddenly, a pumpkin just falls out of nowhere. Um, no, the the Boston Beer thing. I, I also saw the Traveler Pumpkin Shandy, which is still from Boston Brewing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pumpkin.
1: Jacko Traveler, which is actually tasty.
0: Um, oh, it's so good! The story gives us a nice little account from a small brewer in Nebraska about, oh yeah, we went to buy our puree, and guess what? They didn't have any for us. I, I
1: like how it got resolved for Nebraska brewing because the the quote here is, "We ended up find we did end up finding a supplier, but not until after a few years were dropped off my lifespan trying to figure things out." <laughs> Jeez. Uh, They bought enough for maybe the first two batches and then went back to buy more, uh, being good disciples of the just-in-time inventory and were told they were out.
0: Uh,
1: They had to brew Wick for Brains, apparently is their their thing, uh, five times this year. So you can see the panic that set in. My guess is it's going to be an issue across the board.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine it. Uh, it's basically whoever didn't jump with this seasonal creep to get it out earlier, they're going to have problems getting a hold of it. Uh, one of our local ones that we're all in on, they don't use pumpkin puree, so it's not a huge issue. They just throw, a like... Can, they just use, uh, like, pumpkin pie spices and things. Yeah. So uh,
1: I, was, I was actually about to say, like, either spice or, you know, they, they take up some sort of pumpkin candle and just toss it in there and go, good enough. <laughs>
2: They they use some amount of real pumpkin for pumpkin. Oh, they do. I think so.
1: I came really close to buying some pumpkin beer today. I joked that you know the, about Brittany's love of pumpkin, but uh, a good pumpkin beer I do enjoy. And they had uh, what was the one I told you? Uh, Pump Kick.
2: Oh right, yeah. Oh um, yeah, we we've seen that. Um, gosh, New Belgium. New Belgium.
1: Yeah. We'll I, I went buying beer for today's show, and I saw Pump Kick, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy that. But first, let me finish picking up everything else because it's. I don't want to have to reach higher than I have to until that time comes, because I'm lazy. Mm. And like <laughs> I load down my little six-pack. I get get the the a six-pack of something. We'll talk about that later. And uh, and then I walk to checkout. I get in my car, and I'm halfway home before I go, ah, crap.
0: <laughs> the pump to, kick is back there. We'll get to suckle the pump kick straight from the teat in uh, just a few weeks.
2: Yeah, it should be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, well, you will. Uh, th- no teats for me.
0: We'll bring we'll bring teeth back. Don't worry. <laughs> no, even though a lot of, of the, a lot of the places we're going is like we can get a, get the beers here. I'm more excited about going to get it like the fresh stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, and something different. Like I'm I'm hoping a lot of them do the same thing that Mad Tree does, where it's one thing to have it out in distribution, it's another to like oh, hey, remember that beer that we do? Here's a, something really weird that we try to do with it here on tap. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, um, Braxton does that. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, your There's your Braxton reference for the day. Yep. Um, they, they do stuff like that. They like, they distribute sort of like their storm and some of their, you know, dead blow and the regular stuff like that. Yeah. But then they do special, special releases inside their tap house, so. Mm. Right.
0: Yeah, but uh, what they're seeing with the pumpkin puree from the shortages last year it's just going to make this year's harder and the suppliers they're just going to sell out to whoever comes first
1: if you're listening beer uh uh brewers i don't know what i, I was going to try to call them uh <laughs> if you're listening brewers order now
0: yeah for <laughs> for order year. for yeah. next year well that's how this whole article ends with uh this year, this will be two rough harvests in a row for Because That's what's caused the issue. Is pumpkin yeah. harvests were not what they were expecting yield wise. Because it it's been so freaking hot. It's just hot and dry, and it has just annihilated all the pumpkin crop. So getting, it's getting warmer in the world. How could that? <laughs> happen? I feel like I feel like we were told ten years ago that this could be a possibility.
1: Global warming, or. None like
0: it hot. <laughs> Global wapa. Okay. Uh, yeah, so with another tough pumpkin harvest this year on the East Coast farms, uh, 2017 could bring an even tighter gourd market. So next year it could be even worse. That you're probably going to see a big pullback of pumpkin beers next year.
1: I like to picture some like tired pumpkin. And it's, it's a bad image for what farmers are because they they don't all look like this anymore. But just some old man. His overall is, like, taken out of the handkerchief, wiping down his bald head as he goes,
0: pumpkin harvest hard this year. <laughs> Even harder last year. Yeah. Be harder next year, too. Alright, yeah. All right, uh, move on to the next story, which was a really weird one. Uh, we reported on this a while back. Uh, Devil's Backbone, very popular out of Virginia. Uh, they got bought out by Anheuser-Busch, AB and Bev.
1: Like you do. It's, yeah. And. It's what happens anymore.
0: They have apparently been feeling the community backlash on this. Now, uh, the headline reads Amid deal with Anheuser-Busch, Craft Brewery gets kicked out of its own festival, which but, is essentially. Well, then they get kicked out, but they just can't compete.
1: Right. They hold the festival just outside. Their, their brewing facility. Correct? They
0: host it, yeah. Uh, next weekend, representatives of 85 breweries from across Virginia will gather in the fields surrounding Devil's Backbone, Base Camp Brew Pub, in Roseland, Virginia for the 5th Virginia Craft Brewers Fest. They'll be joined by a crowd of 3,000 beer lovers, some of whom will be camping and even glamping.
1: Now nope, into... take that word out.
0: Let's pretend <laughs> we never said that. I, I refuse to acknowledge that. If you glamp, then you need to go into the camps. Camps, camps, uh, in the you adjacent know what kind of camps. We mean <laughs> in the adjacent meadows. Uh, three sheets to the wind. A yacht rock cover band will perform. See, this Wait. thing's already shaping up with something I would not want to go to.
1: Okay, I'm confused by that sentence. Is it a cover band that performs yacht rock, and what is yacht rock?
0: Or yacht is it a rock,
1: rock cover band that performs exclusively on yachts?
0: They are that yacht rock cover band being like yacht rock is a genre.
2: I'm looking this up. No, it
0: How is a definite rich genre. Do you have
1: to be to have, to have a genre called yacht rock.
0: It's like, um, it's a lot of mid 80s to early 90s kind of, uh, easy listening stuff. It's the, the kind of people that own yachts try and imagine what music they listen to. That's it.
1: Uh, do they listen? To, I'm trying to get how one of their songs would go. Is go I'm going to give you in a hint. Texas it, got three daughters.
0: It's no? a lot more of the uh, more rock, stu- more rock side of like hollow notes, that kind of stuff.
2: It was also a show.
1: I mean, if it was actually Hollow Notes I'd be much more interested.
0: <laughs> well, we all would. But anyway, that's a that's a tangent there. Uh, the event has come a long way since 2012. This is talking about it growing up. Yeah, uh, thanks to Devil's Backbone, it was turned from a tiny little thing into a big thing. Uh, 2016 is a transitional year for the festival. This will be the first time it won't, won't include the announcement of the winners of the Virginia Craft Beer Cup, which has grown to award in 30 categories. This will be the last time the festival will be held at Devil's Backbone in the shadow of the Blue Ridge Mountains, and for the first time, the brewery that helped found the festival and host it won't be eligible for any reward awards. So,
1: so they're having a festival, and they're not announcing the winners of the beer competition in it? Exactly. Or they're holding the competition somewhere other than the festival?
0: This is the last year. No, it's all going to still be there, but they're not going to announce the winners there.
1: That feels like it's a little bit... That's odd. I don't know that's what a, that is. What's a an extra step of petty, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and the plot thickens. Uh, that's because on April 12th, Devil's Backbone, Virginia's largest and most, Decorated Brewery announced it was being acquired by Anheuser-Busch, the parent company of Budweiser, for an undisclosed sum. The backlash was immediate on the brewery's Facebook page and in online beer forums. Former fans posted screeds accusing the brewery of selling out and swearing they would never buy another Vienna Lager. That's the beer that they're known for. I've had it. It is very good. Had Apparently,
1: it. those were the nicer <laughs> nicer posts. Yeah, but
0: those were the nicer ones. Uh, the Vienna Lager had some uh, it was last year before they got bought out, and I enjoyed it and was going to start looking for it, and then they got bought out, and now I've still not seen it anywhere. <laughs> You wouldn't think it
1: would go to more places. Yeah, I was
0: like, what's been the benefit of selling if no one can find the beer still? Hmm. Uh, There was a fallout on the corporate side, too. Devil's Backbone founder Steve Crandall resigned from the board of directors of the Brewers Association. He was on the board of the National Brewers Association and was essentially kicked off. Because you can bet he didn't walk away from that. Hmm. Uh, That the National Trade Organization representing craft breweries... The Brewers Association defines a craft brewery as small, independent, and traditional, and breweries purchased by the world's largest brewer obviously don't fit that bill. Devil's Backbone was removed from the prestigious Savor Craft Beer Festival, an event organized by the Brewers Association, even though it had been a paid sponsor.
1: What if a brewery was small, independent, and innovative, and they started making like crazy beers like that were still technically beer, but they were clear? You know, the crystal Pepsi of beer. Would they be considered craft?
0: I mean, yeah, It's as long as they have the definition clearly set, as we, you know, talk about now a lot. And I know. Just, I just meant, like, their their definition of being small, independent, and traditional. And so I was like, mm.
1: what if they're not traditional? What if they're just doing weird stuff?
0: There are brewers out there doing that that I guess are still technically
2: brewers. Well, that's the thing. It, it also, remember, is defined by the amount yeah. made, so yeah. I would think they would still qualify, but... But they're sure. owned by a
0: larger entity now, and that's why.
1: What... Yeah. yeah. I know why Devil's Backbone's not. I was just, like, I wanted to, like, dig into that, just that one line. So I'm like, okay, yeah. if we're going to be really pedantic about the
0: definition of craft, let right. um... It's a bit much. Okay, uh, this goes on. After the May meeting of the Virginia Craft Brewers Guild, the group issued a statement reaffirming that V C B G membership is available to independent craft breweries as defined by the Brewers Association with similar requirements for the entry in the Virginia Craft Beer Cup competition. The Guild also decided that the Virginia Craft Brewers Fest would move to a still undetermined location in twenty seventeen.
2: Well if okay, so if the if the guidelines of the event itself do do state something like that, where it has they have to be independent, for example, then I can kind of see them getting butthurt. Yeah, well, that's fair.
1: So basically, what it means is Devil's Backbone gets to throw one one last big party yeah. and can't can't compete.
0: So they had to feel they have the this little thing translation. Devil's Backbone could hold this is basically the what it comes down to. Devil's Backbone could hold, host one last party, but would not be allowed to compete for the craft beer cup. I have a quote from them. I would be lying if I said we weren't really terribly disappointed by that says Hayes Humphreys the brewery's chief operating officer uh, compounding the problem from Devil's Backbone's side the deal with Anheuser-Busch is not yet final so it technically remains a craft brewery but Ouch. when you mm. sell out like they've announced they're like oh yeah we are we are accepting their offer of an undisclosed sum of money but you can <laughs> bet of of much gold yeah of uh, more zeros than anyone could even, you know, calculate, I'm sure. But when they're like, "Oh no, we're going to sell a bit of our souls right here for all this cash." What did they think was going to happen? Yeah. Did they, they think they, would they get were going to get gonna... a lot of cash? I think that's what they thought was going to happen. But what they couldn't have expected to remain respected members of this community knowing exactly how the community feels about the company they're selling to. Yeah.
1: I think I want to think that what they were hoping was that, that the quality of their beer would stand for itself, regardless of whether someone would consider it craft or not. That they would still think of it as as a good beer, and that people wouldn't be upset. And I can understand it not being allowed to compete in the craft beer cup. That's that you know makes sense. It's it's not technically craft, although since the deal's not final, they're still technically craft right now. Um, hmm. But you know.
0: It's I, I don't see why
1: they couldn't let them keep hosting it if they could get anything out of it. But...
0: Yeah, I could see letting them host and not compete. That's. I just feel like they're the 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 Brewers Association's
1: being a little bit overly vindictive about it.
0: Yeah, but, but having them host and not compete would would be fine to keep doing that because that you yeah. see a lot of places do that anyway if they're going to host the event because there's an obvious bias there, since they're the one putting up the space and supplies to do this, yeah. that they just go, you know what? For funsies, we're going to put a lot of our, like, some special stuff out, try some of our stuff, too. It's not going to be up for judging. But go ahead and give us a shot.
1: Yeah, and they, they do mention here that they are uh, doing the award ceremony in a, at a private event at the corporate offices of West Rock, in richmond apparently west rock makes cardboard six-pack holders for many virginia breweries including devil's backbone Hmm. so they're only getting like 300 people in there for next year they're going to look at a place to make it public again
0: yeah there's some backhanded stuff going on with this and being very childish but at the same time they have another nice quote here that yeah, they should have expected this. Uh, Devil's Backbone knew there would be repercussions, uh, but when a small brewer sells to a large company, they choose to willingly and should expect their position in the brewing community to change and customer relationships to change. And that was from Julia Harris, of the Brewers Association.
1: Yeah, and I get it. It's just like there's there's that part of me that's just that that... Part of me doesn't care especially how craft something is. Like uh Breckenridge. They they sold out recently. Yeah. Um, I still love Breckenridge uh, uh, vanilla porter.
2: Well like, I mean look at Goose, Goose Island. They still make Goose really Island good still beer. Goose Island
1: <laughs> still makes good beer. Can't stop it from being infected.
0: of a little bit of still little of my things that I like to bring up. Is that everyone will give a lot of these companies so much crap, including myself, even Goose Island about all their other beers all the year round. Oh, what about this? this? But when it's time for the Bourbon County,
1: <laughs> everyone just shuts up. was like, oh, you you guys are the best. Let me let me give you some back rubs. Yeah, it's like
0: <laughs> that stuff. Sell when I went to my liquor store, of which didn't have any. They just kind of laughed at me. Like we sold out in twelve minutes. Yeah. But and that's when you go. Oh, but no one else will buy any of their other beers, hardly because they sold out, right? That's,
1: I don't know. They're, I I get wanting to, to 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 favor the little guy and and part of me though is just like as as a consumer, I just want what I what I enjoy, mm-hmm. like and I'll try a whole lot of new and different things and I'll find smaller craft, uh craft beers. Like, I want to go out and find new stuff. But at the end of the day, like, it, you know, I want what I like. I, you know, yeah. whether it's craft or not isn't isn't a deal breaker for me, I guess. Right. If if Budweiser tasted amazing as opposed to, you know, as opposed to like Budweiser, yeah. then, then I would be like, yeah, man, this stuff is the bee's knees. But it's not, so I don't like
0: it. <laughs> but if Budweiser put out an Imperial Stout, you bet your ass I'd be out buying it. I would I'd be try it. I, yeah, I'd have to find out what that tasted like, and if it was good, I'd probably keep buying it.
1: Yeah, if it was, if it was, if it was really good and available everywhere, yeah, no, I'd, I'd buy it because I know I'd be able to get it.
2: Yeah,
1: um, that's the problem. That that's the problem with doing some of the craft stuff is that you, only certain regions can find it. Like, you know. Whatever, a uh, uh, ranty tangent over, I guess.
0: Yeah, we, we've beat that horse sufficiently. Let's move on to something that is awesome. Uh, our how, last story. How awesome! Stone Brewing plans a ninety-nine room hotel.
1: Okay, that's pretty awesome. I'm looking at a picture now. I think someone just sort of like they
0: put a design logo on a existing hotel, and they're like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I was like, that's a really good rendering. The, yeah, the
0: artist renderings are getting kind of crazy. Uh, Stone Brewing announced a 99 room boutique hotel Thursday, tied to its Escanonde... Escondido. Escondido. Okay. Escondido. Escondido. Brewery and restaurant, but with the caveat that it's about more than beer. Don't beer. you lie to me, Stone. <laughs> You're about beer and nothing else. It is believed to be the first of its kind, a group of. A ground-up property linked... I can't talk. (laughs) Links to a popular brand and the craft beer movement. Stone founder Greg Cook said the $26 million four-story building at 1990 Citricado Parkway will be developed under a license to a new hotel entity, Untitled Hospitality, in partnership with McMillan. I was like, wait, was that right? Yeah, it
2: like
0: meant, a yeah. publishing company? No, I was in the Untitled oh. Hospital. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, Untitled. <laughs> That's a <Okay>. horrible name.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to book at the Untitled <laughs> Hotel. Um, what's, what, what are they called? It's Untitled. I don't know if there's another name or... You know, sh- okay, this joke's not landing. Never mind, moving on.
0: <laughs> it's an offshoot of the Corky McMillan Company. As Sorry, Corky's a funny name. It is. It's an environmental <laughs> experience, a culinary experience, and a cultural experience, Cook said of the project's vision. It's not really beer-themed. You won't come in and experience flow, experience flowing rivers of beer or hop oh, motifs all over the place. Well, I'm See, already not interested. All of a sudden, less, there went all the less fun. feeling. I
1: was expecting like beer baths, beer gardens. Not like German-style beer gardens. No, no. Yeah. no, places... Places where they are, like, growing hops, and then next to it, you can just sit there and drink while you watch the hops grow.
0: Exactly. I want it to be a beer amusement park. The Lazy Beer River. Come on. Uh, it does say like, that there's
2: a st- the, the Stone Bistro, which I have to imagine they might be cooking with the beer. A,
1: like, can you imagine, like, a small little water park in there with, like, a, a you know, some sort of, like, slide? Or, you know, maybe like a log ride in an amusement park, but, like, it's a river of beer. You're standing at that bridge where you were obviously going to get splashed, just opening your mouth, going, "Drink me, Xerxes."
0: Uh, the article goes on. They're just going on about San Diego County, and they're just gloating about the amount of craft breweries they have and how much money that brings in. and talking about how the tourism authority is like on. Oh, they're making all these breweries, their cornerstone right now. Uh, and say, in fact, San Diego was named one of the best beer towns in America by Men's Journal. And hmm. cited as Sunny Haven for Suds lovers by the New York Times. Did you see the picture over here? I swear it looks like one of the lodges of
2: Snowbird. It's crazy it does. looking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they, it looks amazing. And when this is finished, you better believe we're going out there for a weekend.
2: It says 10,000 square foot roof
1: garden. Yeah, no, I saw that on that thing. I was like, is that a garden up on the roof? The roof. This looks great. Just picture like it's clearly going to be non-smoking out there because you don't want the <laughs> yeah. roof, the roof, the roof to be on fire.
0: Indeed, you do not. <laughs> uh, you're going to discover something unexpected, and I want it to be Easter eggs everywhere. Said veteran hotelier Robert Cartwright, who is newly job, established, who's newly established, untitled hospitality. and we know who did that. <laughs> will own and operate the property. He said small surprise touches could include growler cabinets for storing oversized bottles of beer in a yes. guest room, stone brewing commissioned bars of soap in bathrooms and upon registering at the front desk a complimentary glass of stone beer brewed only for the hotel.
2: This is amazing. This went okay. from like you.
0: mediocre to awesome.
1: You 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 lost me a little bit in the middle but you're you're bringing me back.
0: <laughs> so we've discovered where the uh, 10th anniversary for Nerdtacular should be. Yeah, yeah they'll <laughs> all fly know. out to San Diego. Just saying.
1: <laughs> I don't think the hotel is going to be built in time.
0: The rooms are being designed to be about 50% bigger than typical hotel guest rooms, based on projections that two or more people will often occupy each room. Well, yeah. maybe, m-
1: maybe they'll have a weird bathroom window.
0: <laughs> so you can look into your room while sitting on the toilet. (laughs) Maybe you really wanted to watch TV and and drop a deuce. Also, rather than the usual sliding glass door, a floor-to-ceiling window system will flip open to increase the access to each balcony.
1: I feel like that's going to end up with someone getting hit because they're drunk and they're going to die.
0: Yeah, that sounds like there's going to be accidents and doors being (laughs) shattered.
1: In fairness, I think there's still accidents and doors being shattered on regular sliding glass <laughs> doors. Say,
2: drunk people find a way. Um,
1: <laughs> drunk finds a way.
2: I like the the thing at the end. Um, the oh, where is it? The hotel library might be stocked with beer-related books and magazines. <laughs> that would
0: hmm. be awesome. I mean, that's kind of what they already went for in Germany because it's. That's one of the shticks. There is that it's the brewery and tap room they open there. The tap rooms can it's a library. So oh yeah, ninety nine count coincidentally brings to mind yeah.
1: They're their hotel library people. the ninety nine kind... count room.
2: Yeah, that's okay. kind of wonderful. Oh god,
1: I I'm picturing that scene from Beer Fest right now when I hear ninety nine bottles of beer and I'm just like, we're drinking we're singing drinking songs of our country and you bring that in here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Cook has mentioned like they're 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 involved, but it's not like
0: yeah they're, they're involved look. with this. But as was said, they will not own, they will not operate. They're just basically it seems licensing,
1: as uh, Cook says. We're really more geared towards our main focus, which of course is brewing.
0: So yeah, so. that's kind of where I want them to stay, making awesome beer, and they could just be like, oh yeah, you can use our logo on some stuff, and we'll. We'll make a special beer for this hotel.
1: And whenever I th- whenever I think of Stone now, I just think of the weird trip I've made over the last year from not liking IPAs to whenever I see Stone, just like let's grab one of these, let's try this out. You see you Stone, got-
0: and you go, it's gonna be something good.
2: <laughs> you start skipping, yeah. Um, that's yeah. I don't know. That's that's true though. I mean that that's been one of the brands that's really helped us get along with that.
1: Yeah, and like they've got a good brand, and their their <laughs> their logo is great. Like, oh it's, yeah, it's it's. I don't know, like, if you necessarily you know bringing kids along, looking up, why
0: is there a big demon man
1: there? <laughs> don't ask questions, honey. Daddy's getting
0: drunk. He's here to protect us. Okay, since Daddy's getting drunk, we need to go ahead and move this thing right along. Let's get into untapped. All right. Get riggity riggedy, riggedy Rexa. All right. First Badge uh, is one I actually was going to try for, but I can't find this in single bottles yet, and I'm not going to commit to a six-pack because I have commitment issues. Um, <laughs> Says the married man. Yeah, I like, what? I have commitment issues when it comes to beer, okay? Uh, sea oh. Ale from Dogfish Head. Uh, the Brewers of Dogfish Head are known for their love of experimentation. This time, they've combined three t- traditional German styles to create one monstrously refreshing beer, mixing aspects of Kolsch, Berliner Weiss, and Gosa-style beers, and the flavor of black lime, lemon peel, sea salt. Yeah. Dogfish Head Sea Squinch... Sea Sea... Sea Sea Quinch C- Ale. Keep the experimental tradition... Yeah, um... Dogfish head forms the head.
1: <laughs>
0: I've never
2: heard of black lime. I did not know that was a thing.
1: It's in the aisle next to blood oranges, I guess.
2: <laughs> Clearly. Uh, I want to try it. I like lime a lot. Um, this sounds really interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, I want to try it. I don't want to buy a six-pack in order to try it. No. Uh, quench your thirst for something new and unlock a brand new badge. Check into one. See quench ale... From Dogfish Head between August 7th and September 7th, short time yeah. uh, to earn cool. the badge. The clock is ticking. And the next one is the USA Logger from Yingling, and this is oh a, yeah. <laughs> this is our competitive spirit for the Olympics. Uh, oh
1: the, no, I just saw the date.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's creeping up quick. You could still pull it off. Uh, the battle for gold is on as the games get underway in Rio. And what better way to celebrate USA's gold medal wins than with the traditional American lager from America's oldest brewery? Yingling traditional lager is famous for its rich amber color and medium-bodied flavor, giving you a taste of true USA lager.
2: If you're able to still come USA. up next Saturday, Bob, uh, it actually will work out. We can get, get some then.
1: Oh, Yes. <laughs> I was just checking
0: USA, the calendar. <laughs>
1: USA! USA! Okay.
0: Join Yingling and cheering on America's team by unlocking the all new hashtag USA Logger badge. Simply check into one Yingling traditional logger between August 5th and August 21st, and it's all yours. So, as of recording, yeah, you've got eight days. Jeez. Yeah, Time's a ticking. As of release, you'll have, what, four or five? <laughs> Or less. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. We'll move on to the last badge here, and it's one we already may have gotten. Um, <laughs> this is the Summer is for Blonde from Guinness. Summer's going strong and keeping cool in a priority. Uh, keeping cool is a priority. One of the best ways to beat the heat is with a crisp, cold Guinness Blonde American Lager. Uh, they're doing a lot of badges for this one beer. Am I wrong they in this? really want you to drink it. I feel like that it's it's because their nitro
2: IPA was or such nitro garbage? series really in general was such garbage.
1: No, well, I don't know about the whole series. Guinness is a nitro beer. Yeah, Guinness is fine. It's
2: well, okay, not it's, rich, it's
0: just fine.
2: You know what I mean? Like the the newer ones that they came out with were like
0: eh. yeah. The nitro IPA was a. It, it's awful. It's just awful. I.
1: I as an IPA, it's just awful. As a beer, it's just sort of there. That's that's my answer yeah. for that one. The American lager, I don't know if I've actually gotten around to having it. I know one of our friends has it, and he's just like, I mean, it's just an American lager. It tastes yeah, pretty good. It's,
2: it's fine. Good. It's fine. Like, that's my, my general review of Nothing the wrong with lager. It. It's if fine. I'm out
0: somewhere and they've got it, and I don't see anything that's like blowing my mind, I'd be fine getting it. Yeah. Um, to get the badge, simply check into one Guinness Blonde American Lager between August fifth and September fifth, and it's all yours.
2: Woohoo. So I just tried to look up that sequence and it was like no. There's there's none near us at all. Yeah, there is. They've got it. Either well then their website's like messed up.
0: They have tons of it at Party Source.
2: It's so weird. Like it's not coming up with anything. Um, also, important note, it's not at all. Uh, Yacht Rock. I found examples. (laughs) There's an IGN article from like a good minute ago, but it's a a top ten list of of top ten yacht rock songs of all time. If this tells you anything.
1: Hit hit me with the top like three.
2: Yeah. So at number one is Christopher Cross's Sailing. (laughs) Oh, see, that's... Uh, Number two is Steely Dan. Number three is the yeah. Doobie Brothers, What a Fool Believes. And number four is uh, Hall and Oates' Kiss on my list.
1: Because, never mind, I broke into a different song that wasn't my kiss.
2: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Uh, Just had to get that out of okay. the way. Uh, Christopher Cross, if I was thinking of somebody that was going to be Yacht Rock, that one, that one makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, the...
2: These
1: are important things. I'm Surprise! No, i surprised. No, Captain Morgan, sailing, <laughs> sailing around. Um, okay, uh, is there anything else before we start moving into the topic?
0: I think it's just straight on to the topic. Third beer to the right, straight on till morning. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking.
1: Fill that jug, cheeky bastard! Fill that drunk Drunk. Not that. Sorry, I couldn't even hear what he was doing. Uh, all right, so as with all good uh, mythology d- discussions, let's start with a chemical analysis. <laughs> <laughs> now, a chemical analysis of jars in a Neolithic village in Jiahu, Jiahu. I guess, in the Henan province of northern China, reveals traces of alcohol that were absorbed and preserved, I'm assuming, in pottery.
2: Yeah. I
0: uh, Vessels of some sort. Yeah. Right.
1: According to the study published the proceeding, uh, in the Proceedings of the uh, National Academy of Sciences, chemical analysis of the residue confirms that fermented drinks made of grapes, hawthorn berries, honey, and rice was produced in around uh, to uh, six 650 BC. Uh, the results of the analysis were published in uh, December 2004. This is approximately the same time they're making barley in uh, uh, barley beer and grape wine uh, uh, in the Middle East. So the thing to think about there is that roughly at the same time in two different parts of the world, people were starting to make make alcohol for the first time. Uh, wine may, uh, wine's first appearance is thought to date from 6,000 B.C. in Georgia. One assumes the one near Russia. Yeah, not, yes, definitely the country. Not uh, not the y'all place. <laughs> I mean, you don't know what the, the Georgian dialect is. Maybe they have the Slavic equivalent of y'all. Uh, the earliest firm evidence of wine uh, production... Uh, dates back to 5,400 uh, 5,400 BC
0: in Iran, which I think we mentioned before. Yeah, yeah
2: that does sound familiar, yeah.
0: I think that yeah. was back in our introductory episode. Yeah, Somewhere in the first two or three. We brought that up, yeah. Uh, coming full circle now, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, The next one will be, or it will be the next one, will be the one after that. Oh, God. What have
1: I done? <laughs> uh, But no, uh, evidence of alcoholic beverages has also been found dating from 3,150 B.C. in ancient Egypt, 3,000 B.C. in Babylon, and 2,000 B.C. in pre-Hispanic Mexico, and then also in uh, 1,500 B.C. in the Sudan.
0: We were talking about this in the pre-show, and it's crazy how at almost the exact same time so many things were discovered all across the world by different people.
1: Relatively historically speaking, not like... Not like you know, one day some guy finds it out, and the you know, the following day someone else does. But you know, people were were were, I guess you know, coming across these, you know, these inventions at the same time. You know, there's no crossover between Mexico and the Sudan, yeah. for
0: example. But
1: 500 years difference, and they're still, you know, they're they're coming up with alcoholic beverages.
0: Yeah, you saw it with alcoholic beverages. You saw it with. Uh something as simple as the invent of pottery and the invent of agriculture. These all come from the same – there's like three or four different locales throughout the world that right around the same time all popped up, and it's crazy how this happened.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, there's the medicinal use of alcohol, and it was mentioned in Sumerian and Egyptian texts from around 2100 BC. Even the Hebrew Bible recommends giving alcoholic drinks to those who are dying or depressed uh, so they can forget their misery. Uh, Apparently that's Proverbs thirty one six verses six through seven. I don't think that's a direct translation, but
2: very direct. I want it
1: to be. I support this. (laughs) You want it to be inside of the Bible that says the Hebrew Bible recommends giving,
2: (laughs) as if it's a Uh, recipe.
1: Yeah, and then you know, wine was consumed in classical Greece at breakfast or at symposia in the first century BC. Uh, It was the part. uh, It was the part of the diet of most Roman citizens. Although they generally drank a diluted wine uh, it was varying from one part wine to one part water or even to one part wine four parts water Wow Well they had they would be drinking wine all day yeah like you couldn't be doing yeah yeah full undiluted cups you just needed a little bit to to, make <laughs> something to kill something to kill the germs in the water that was probably there yeah uh, And then you know you have in the Middle Ages in Europe, uh, a lot of beer, often at a very low strength, it was, uh, it was an everyday drink for all classes and ages of people. Um, that document from the time mentions that Duns have an allowance of six pints of ale each day, <laughs> and cider and pomace wine were also widely available. And grape wine was just for the higher crust. Uh, and we've also got records uh, according it's according to post-conquest Aztec documents, the consumption of local wine pulque. I'm not sure. I have no idea.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, It was generally restricted to religious ceremonies, but it was freely allowed to those who were older than 70. Man, that's one high drinking age.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gotta be some stout stuff.
1: Yeah. But the natives of South America produced a beer-like beverage from uh, cassava or maize which had been uh, chewed before fermentation in order to turn starch to sugar. I will never drink something like that. That's, <laughs> that's, I'm about to throw up just, just reading that sentence. It's not
0: like they had a whole bunch of people just chewing it up and spitting it no, out before. No, they did.
1: That's what, it, that's what it is in my brain, and I will not <laughs> be able
0: to... It was people brewing for a single household, and it would be like your dad doing it. and then the I don't drink, drink after it.
1: my dad. What makes you think I'm going to drink something he chewed up first? <laughs> All oh. right, fair enough. Uh, beverages of this kind are known today as uh, kahkum or chai cha, chai cha. I, I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm not having it.
0: You're ready for a lot of that this episode. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, and the chewing a- a technique was also used in uh, ancient Japan to make sake from rice. They don't do that anymore. And uh, other starchy crops uh anyway as a result of all of this uh alcohol is a part of daily life and cultures around the world so as a result it found its way into the religions of the world as well and people from all over associated some deity uh, with the with spirits and with fertility some were filled with revelry and fun and others could manifest a bit of the darker side but all cultures knew the importance of drinking
2: I just want to point out a lot of that came directly from the wiki page because it was so like there was a lot of good information there, um, and those links are going to be in the show notes. So yeah,
1: but, but uh, let's talk about some of these specific gods that we've run across.
2: Yeah. So now we're now we're getting into some pantheon business here. So the first one is probably one that if you haven't if you don't know exactly who he is, you had to have heard the name at some point. It's probably he's probably the most
1: known. I guess um, the one of his names is the base for a lot of words for like raging parties. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's true. Um, so Dionysus, otherwise known as Bacchus, uh, is a Greek god. We'll say Greek god. It kind of bounce back and forth.
1: Um, well, Dionysus is the name is his name typically in Greece, and Bacchus is the name in, Ro- in Rome. Right. I was say, usually you easy had the easy way to whole... divide.
2: By. Yeah, there's the back and forth all the time with all of them.
0: Thank God he had some of these good gods. All we got are these <laughs> crap, crap gods. <laughs> Jeff, the god
1: of biscuits. Simon, the god of hairdos. Oh,
2: every time. Um, so, yeah, so Dionysus was the god of grape harvest, winemaking, and wine, of ritual madness, and ecstasy. So, uh, a, yeah, you like just kind of
1: yeah. Wi- it's kind of a wide bag. Yeah, a
2: little bit. <laughs> Uh, he was later considered a patron of the arts. Dionysus is the son of Zeus and Smil. Uh He was one of the most important gods of everyday life and became associated with the idea that under the influence of wine, one could feel possessed by a greater power. I mean,
1: I do know when I'm drunk, I occasionally think, you know, I can do a thousand chin-ups. <laughs> Indeed, And do like five and then go, oh God, I pulled something. I'm going to die. <laughs>
2: Um, on the one hand, uh, he brings together joy and ecstasy, and on the other hand, chaos and misery, reflecting both sides of wine's nature. He was a god who, underst- or who stood for the untamed nature of life. He wandered the world actively, encouraging his cult. Maenads, women who had been driven mad, flush with wine and known for their cries of
0: oi, accompanied him. <coughs>
1: They were soccer hooligans. Yeah, no, really. no,
0: you know what it's getting at. Running around going like, oi, oi, oi. Yeah. Do you not remember that, uh, what's her name, and True Blood was a Yeah, yeah, oh, I know. Yeah,
2: that makes, That's what it makes me two?
1: think of. See, what it reminds me of, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the story of, um, uh, what's his name, went down to hell, Orpheus.
2: Orpheus, yeah.
1: After he failed to do that, uh, he was killed by main like they just ripped him apart.
2: Well yeah, cuz they yeah, they literally tore him apart. Um to me it reminds me of the Xena episode <laughs> in which she and Did... Gabrielle had to go save Orpheus
1: Were they all yelling oi, 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 while he, she was going
2: <laughs> I am I'm not saying that that didn't happen once, but <laughs> they they showed the Bacchai, which were the followers of Bacchus as like more like a vampire. Which I could see kind of, because vampires kind of have that, that story, too. So it kind of makes sense. Um,
1: I, th- I think Sam Raimi just really likes campy things. And oh, to do vampires.
2: it was. I, God, I love that show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, festival is called Dionysia, I want to say. Were held in his honor in the spring when leaves started to reappear on the vine, <laughs> and Greek theater was institutionalized there.
1: The name in Roman—I don't know if it's the, the same thing as like that festival—but in Roman or in Latin, and the word that translates down is uh, bacchanal for a big oh yeah yeah okay. drunken to do.
2: I wonder why they <laughs> so. didn't list that here. Um, mm. I've heard Dionysia before too, though. But yeah, Yeah. so crazy stuff. Um, Just kind of known for all the, like, big, crazy, ridiculous parties. Um, Next, in a very similar fashion, the Roman god, uh, Liber. So Liber, also meaning the free one, (laughs) um, also known as Liber Pater, the free father, was a god of viticulture and wine, fertility and freedom is a patron deity of Rome's plebeians, his festival of Liberalia? Question mark?
1: Liberia, I think. Liberalia.
2: Yeah. Oh, Liberalia makes sense. Okay. Uh, it became associated with free speech and the rights attached to coming of age. Young men celebrated their coming of age by cutting off and dedicating their first beards oh. to their household's guardian <laughs> deities. And if citizens wore their first toga virilis... The manly toga. <laughs> Liber also personified male procreative power. His temples held the image of the phallus. His cult and functions were increasingly associated with Bacchus and his Greek equivalent Dionysus, who mythologies, uh, whose mythologies he came to share.
1: This is also known as Bigus, Dickus.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, you don't hear um, as much about
1: Liber as you do Bacchus, you know? Right, but his name comes down to mean... Uh, his name comes down for the word uh, libations. So he's getting ready to yeah, say, "Yeah, yeah." Like so,
0: Which, yeah. No, the one
2: big thing I think left from that.
0: I mean, well, yeah. I'm sure there's another big thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a penis joke. Really? Oh, I thought we were talking about togas. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> moving to my little spiel here. Let's let's see if I can go ahead and say this one. Come on, it's not that hard. Mbaba Moana Wersaw Yeah, Mbaba Moana Wersaw It's a Zulu goddess out of South Africa
2: It's one Weresa?
0: Weresa? Yeah, Weresa But Mbaba Moana Weresa Is a fertility goddess of the Zulu religion Uh, She's a goddess of the rainbow She's goddess of the rainbow, agriculture, rain, and beer I mean, those are all good things
2: Yeah, that all makes sense together,
0: sure uh, she's one of the most beloved goddesses of Southern Africa, largely because she is credited with the invention of beer. going to make you popular. Yeah. She could not find a suitable husband in heaven, so she came to look on Earth. So she's the Zeus of the Zulu.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't say that she she came down and took several husbands. Yeah. She just says she came across a herdsman named Thandewa? Thandewa? way sounds
0: right. That sounds... I have no idea. uh, (laughs) Whose song moved her so much that she chose him to be her companion. I don't know. Well, yeah, she's not the same as...
1: Yeah, no, Zeus just came down and was like, no, I need to get me some strange. I need to
0: do it disguised as several different animals. (laughs) Well, you know, they tried to run. So you had to... (laughs) I, he had to rape them as an animal. No, he did one of them as a goose. Like, what the crap?
1: I mean... Going I mean, back to this a little
2: bit, I don't think I know anything about the beer history in Africa.
1: Like, I know the least. parts of Africa have a weird, like, bee-filled honey beer, I think. I know huh. South I,
0: Africa specifically does have... Uh... A couple of craft breweries. Now there is one that is growing in popularity.
2: Huh. Uh, I think that would be interesting to learn about.
0: Yeah, no, it uh,
2: would, wouldn't it? it
1: <laughs> the the like we, we were joking about how hard the name is to pronounce. It looks weird, but actually, when I look at it, I was like, man, it's not that bad. Not compared know, to some of the other I wanna, ones. I want to know more about this goddess, or mm-hmm. maybe that's all there is to know. I don't know.
0: We'll have to look into that for a later episode. Um, but moving on, we have Ninkasi. Sure. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm not Sumerian, so I can't. Yeah, Yeah, it's a Sumerian god or deity. Uh, Ninkasi is the Sumerian goddess of brewing and beer and head brewer to the gods. So, yeah. Her name means the... the lady who fills the mouth. And uh, her birth was, yeah, formed of sparkling fresh water. The Sumerian written language and associated clay tablets are among the earliest human writings. Among these is a poem with the English title, A Hymn to Ninkasi. The poem is, an infect, is in effect, a recipe for the making of beer. Early brewers were primarily women, mostly because it was deemed a woman's job. So, yeah.
1: Hear that, Brittany?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I'll go to Samaria.
1: You'd be brewing beer.
2: And sucking Maybe. at it. <laughs> I
1: mean, you don't know. Have you ever tried to brew beer now?
2: No, not at all.
1: Yeah, so that's got to be like one of the, the oldest known examples of, of a beer god. Yeah. Uh, also on the list, I had to look up the country of origin. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, because this is, uh, ogun, Ogon? A-gown? I don't know. How would you pronounce that? Ogun? Sure, let's go with Ogun. I don't know.
2: Uh,
1: of the Yoruba uh, religion. If you're unfamiliar, the Yoruba religion apparently is primarily in Nigeria. I had never heard of this religion before, let alone... Neither that. have I uh let alone this uh this god
2: yeah
1: but he is an uh in the yoruba religion orgun is a orisha deity and a loa or spirit who presu- presides over iron hunting politics and war he's the patron of smiths and is usually displayed uh with a number of attributes a machete. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, machete. I'm thinking of a uh, <laughs> thinking of a weird joke. Uh, a machete, a uh, rum and tobacco. Jobu. And he... <laughs> He's not Jobu. He is Jobu. This is not... <laughs> not major leagues. I'm pretty sure he does not, not make wise. the bat less dif- less af- uh, afraid of curveballs.
0: <laughs> now, why take Jobu's rum? <laughs>
1: Oh, God, I love Major
0: League. Um,
1: Now, Orgun comes to mount people in various aspects of his character. That's an unfortunate Noticing a theme here. Uh, And the people who venerate him are quite familiar with each of them. His possessions can be sometimes violent. Those mounted by him are known to wash their hands in flaming rum without suffering from it later. Uh, they dress up in green and black, wave a saber or a machete, uh, ma- uh, chew a cigar, and demand rum in an old phrase. Gren, moi, fret. My, <laughs> my are, are cold! cold. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow missed that line when I read through this the first time.
0: <laughs> so just remember, <laughs> if You're you ever come fret. across somebody dressed in green... Chewing a cigar, demanding rum, and claiming that their testicles are cold.
1: They are a follower of open.
0: Um, (laughs) Often this rum
1: is first poured on the ground, then lit, and then finally the fumes generated by this are allowed to pervade the peristyle, the sword, or much more commonly the machete, uh, in his hand. Uh, is his weapon, and he often does strange feats of poking himself with it, or even sticking the handle in the ground and then mounting the blade without piercing his skin. Wow. Uh, Very bad. Yeah. So So he doesn't screw around. This is weird. Um, Not to say their religion is weird, just... I've never encountered it before, so there's just a whole lot of strange there. I, I... (laughs) <laughs> the act of pouring some rum on the ground first and then lighting on fire, though, is fun. Just, shh, no, burn that. It's one <laughs> for that's your not homies. It's good enough.
0: It's one for your Man. dead homies.
2: Aww.
1: <laughs> some for your Yoruba homies. Uh, next on the list, Radagast. The brown? No, the Slavic god. Oh. <laughs> uh, I wonder if it's animal. actually said in Russian. It can't be the same thing. Um, maybe uh, Radagast is an old Slavic, uh, is an old god of Slavic mythology, and his name can be etymologized as meaning something like dear guest. Mm-hmm. He was proclaimed as the Slavic god of hospitality and has and as such entered a hypothetical reconstructive Slavic pantheon of modern days. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot about alcohol in that one, but uh, the only other, uh, the only other Slavic god I can think of is, uh, Chernobog, mm, uh, yeah, which is the bad guy in that Fantasia bit. Yep. Oh,
2: wow. Uh,
1: yeah, not a good one.
2: Okay. Uh, well, and the thing with so uh, many Thankfully, of these...
1: Radagast, Apparently, there's there's some good Slavic gods. <laughs> I, I, when I think of Slavs, I'm like, man unless you're Russian it's gonna be depressing and even if you are Russian it's cold and depressing
2: yeah well and the thing with any of these deities from the pan- any pantheon really um, they could have been known for one thing and then so many uh, especially when they can they move into um, like more modern years so you've got like you know the neo-paganism movement and stuff the 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 roles shift or maybe don't mean the same as they used to so some of the um, better known origins have shifted slightly, just from what people may have found or initially. Um, that just so that just tends to happen. Like you'll see, like five things listed for some of these deities, especially the more um, mo- well known ones. With him not mentioning alcohol as alls, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's move to some Baltic gods that uh, I'm going to attempt. <laughs> Ralutin Yes. And Ragu That
2: one's probably right about the second one. Yeah,
0: Baltic I'm... god and goddess. Um, god is known to be the god of fermentation, and the goddess, uh, his partner, she is known to be the goddess of beer.
2: Well, they work well together.
1: <laughs> it's a match made in beer heaven.
2: <laughs> Just if I was go- to go off a of Finnish pronunciation, which wouldn't make a ton of sense, but... I would say Ralgoutiene.
1: Ralgoutiene at Ralgoutis. Tiene.
0: Ralgoutiene. Yeah, I'd, I can't even do that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the next one, uh, Salinas, another Greek god. Greeks had uh, multiple gods. The for, Greeks really alcohol.
2: liked wine, you guys. I don't know if you know.
0: <laughs> Salinas was a companion and tutor to the wine god Dionysus. Oh, there you go. He was the old rustic god of the dance of the wine press. <laughs> his name being derived from the word CO to move to and fro. And Delinos, the wine through. The wine his... trough. Or trough. Trough. Oh, yeah, trough. So he's literally, like, his name is even to stomp grapes.
1: I was going to say, is he the I Love Lucy episode where she, she stomps grapes in Italy? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Essentially, he was also the god of drunkenness, who rode in the train of Dionysus, seated on the back of a donkey.
1: I that's... bet that party train yeah. had no brakes. There were the brakes. <laughs> there were none. The... Well,
2: that's awesome. Um,
1: there was a thing I meant to mention back in Dionysus, and I'm just remembering it now. Uh, some versions of the the myth of Dionysus uh, have him as a more or less regular mortal or, you know, partially divine, I guess, if he's, you know, the the son of Zeus. Right. Uh, but eventually makes his way uh, into being canonized uh, uh, in a similar way that some cults try to canonize Alexander the Great after he died. Mm. So uh, it's a weird thing I picked up in some history books I've been reading li- recently. All right. Uh, But yeah, uh, next up, we have Soma from the Hindu religion. Uh, If you're familiar with uh, Brave New World, you may remember the the sort of super drug Soma. (laughs) Soma, an ancient Hindu god, is many things. The afterworld, the moon, inspiration, and the god of poets and a bull. Sure. Uh, Not only does he enjoy drugs, (laughs) he he is a particular drug the soma plant more commonly known more commonly as ephedra vulgaris uh sorry now i'm just trying to picture someone like handing off a coin going
2: you Mug- ephedra vulgaris
1: <laughs> ephedra vulgaris uh for millennia, Hindu warriors have drunk concoction derived from the Soma plant. This drink was said to give them a sense of euphoria and ecstasy and help warriors get over their fear of anxiety uh, of an upcoming battle. As a drug, the god Soma represented a link between the world of gods and this world. Soma is the name of, oh, and then they, this also mentions that it's the name of the fictional drug in Aldous Huxley's 1932 novel, oh. World*. Ah. Well, it's
2: right the reference I was making
1: at the start. <laughs>
2: Thank you, article.
1: <laughs> Thank you, article for trying to be smarter than me. You're not the boss of me. Um. <laughs> uh, next we have uh, Sucellus. Sure. Uh, the the it's a Celtic god, in the ancient Celtic religion, Sucellus or Sucellus was uh, the god of agriculture, forest, and alcoholic drinks of the Gauls. Yeah. Uh, also part of the uh, Lus- Lusitanian mythology, he is usually portrayed as a middle-aged bearded man with, lo- with a long-handed hammer, or perhaps a beer barrel suspended from a pole. I mean, I if just pictured
2: I... um, uh, what is it? Uh, Terange, No, not Teren. Uh, Chen Stormstout.
1: Oh. From. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: With the the yeah, he gets to cut, carry his uh, his keg around.
1: If I had a beer barrel on a pole, I'd hammer in the morning,
0: <laughs> Or maybe I'd be hammered in the morning. You, you would be hammered in the morning. Um, okay, let's try and move into an Aztec god. Man,
1: um, there are a lot of syllables in Aztec <laughs> god names. I mean, you've got right. Quetzalcoatl. That's already hard enough to pronounce. How bad is this
0: one? A lot of vowels. Um, tez
2: tezcatzontectli
0: tezcatzontectli exactly what they said <laughs> uh in aztec mythology tezcatzontectli is the god of pilke, a drunkenness and fertility
1: that's the uh, thing we mentioned earlier that uh you had to be in the priesthood or over 70 to drink
0: yeah <laughs> it's pretty uh pretty intense it's like the joke from uh, Futurama with the ultra porn. <laughs> Even I'm not old enough to watch ultra porn. <laughs> it was uh, what was it? They start going back. the like the de aging, and the professor. Oh yeah, and he's, he's like, like oh, in God. his fifties.
1: Oh no, I'm not old enough to rent ultra porn.
2: <laughs> so uh, the pulque is a milky, slightly foamy, and somewhat vicious. Beverage made by fermenting, not distilling, the fresh sap of types of Mogwai. And it, it basically compares it to tequila.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> tequila beer.
0: Some I mean, uh,
2: intense stuff there.
0: What else would you expect? And if you're keeping track at home, number 12 on our deities is CG, yes, African. Uh, this African goddess of beer was depicted as the ultimate party girl, a female deity depicted with ample breasts, a beer ladle, and a penchant for lustful dance.
1: <laughs> All right, then. You can never say penchant without, like, picturing, like, someone being super pretentious going, and a penchant for <laughs> lustful dance. Pijon.
2: Nice. All right. A lot of African ones in here. That's What is it, like, two, three? Well,
1: it's because it's an entire continent, and we're not sure which part of the continent. Vast cultures, this, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's the, the uh, what's the, the famous tribe that they can usually remember? Oh, God. As- I so- uh, uh, Ashanti, I think. Is that something close to that.
2: Uh, it's the name of a goddess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know
1: what's
2: one yeah, but... you're thinking of, though. It's like the one that everybody kind of, like, oh, right, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then there are some, some other tribes that some of the larger tribes try to murder. right. That sort of thing. Man, Africa is depressing. (laughs) Uh,
2: Not as depressing, hopefully. Uh, The the last two on the list here. We have uh, the Chinese god Yi Ti, I'm going to say. Said to have created the first rice wine. Not much is known about Yi Ti, but it is said that he brewed the concoction for an emperor and made uh, maybe used grapes as well as rice. So, potentially... The god
0: inventor of sake? I don't know. Potentially a yeti invented sake.
1: No, he's not a yeti. Uh, Trust me, Tibet does not want their (laughs) abominable snowman confused with anything related to Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, I think just the idea is that that he created rice... Rice... Rice wine. uh, But may have also used grapes because crepes are a lot easier to turn into wine than rice yeah uh okay rice wine requires a number of fermentations and uh the adding of stuff to actually make it ferment because rice won't do it by itself
2: right fun um and of course the last one which i had to go manually add to the list
1: uh,
0: really, you don't say. And you, we didn't have to arrange the list in such a way that where you were guaranteed to be the one to be reading it.
2: Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the Finnish god, Peko. He is an ancient Estonian and Finnish god of crops, especially
1: barley and brewing. So, real quick, I am now picturing the cover of uh, cover of the journey. With T two T two, and that is now how I'm picturing
0: Pekko. That's fair. He is now he is now the uh, the god of brewing. Okay,
1: he's now the god of brewing and uh, uh, a ruiner of the podcast awards. Right, right. Continue.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, in Finland, uh, Pekko is known as Pedlän Pekko or Pecco of the Field. He's the protector of fields and brewer of the beer. First mentioned by Bishop Agricola in 1551 as the god of
1: the Karelians. Wait, Agricola? Because now I'm just thinking of Africola. <laughs> have you guys ever seen that video? No. Oh my god. Okay, after the show, I'm going to look up Africola. You have to see this perf- perfectly reasonable video. <laughs> okay, that I'm leads me scared to think now, it is yeah. not...
0: <laughs>
2: Alright, um, Peko is sometimes associated with Estonian Pikne, uh, Baltic Perkunas, or even the Christian St. Peter. In the area of Setuma, between Estonia and Russia, inhabited by the Seto language speaking Setos, the cult of Peko was alive until the 20th century. Today, the Seto pe- people, an ethnic group of Estonians... But
1: all i is starting to, starting to get to you. The Seto Pepo.
2: <laughs> well it's it's not even all finished which is the the trippy part um the seto people an ethnic group of estonians in the southeast of the country also revere peko as their national hero and king the name and figure are widely used as a national symbol and i'm sure i'm saying the name it's it's actually like a more of an a sound i think but yeah Peco. 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 and actually has a, a song No, oh, sorry, after him. i'm hungry
1: i just want tacos <laughs>
2: Mm. Tacos. So Corporate right. Clunny has a very pretty instrumental song at, um called Pelin and, and it that we had we played at our wedding reception.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I'm also remembering the fact that you would not let uh you would not let us try to play uh the
0: reigns of Castamere at your wedding. Yeah. I I tried to push for that one. It was not <laughs> We played I mean, the cartoon. bear in the
2: maiden fair for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was cool. I'm just saying that if if the Reigns of Castamere had come on. I just wanted to see the reaction from like a certain segment of the, <laughs> the audience. To go, oh Start no. looking Start around. backing
2: out of the room. Oh, no! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Run!
0: Okay, I think that wraps up this chunk of Beer God's.
2: I will I will say if anyone ha- knows the correct pronunciation of literally any of those please write in and Find just be a like, way
0: to communicate it to us where when we read the email we don't look at that and go yeah I don't know what you yeah, just talked.
2: some some phonetic right. you know spellings of things
1: record your uh, yeah uh, your thing and then send it to us so we can hear it yeah either or way might Google say it to us <laughs>
2: something because um, we know very well that we butchered most of those or any of
1: your own gods
2: yeah if you want to add some to the list that'd be great i found i it, i looked through I, a bunch of lists and that was the only one that really had a good a good
1: variety so the the way i worded that makes me think we're going to get some emails that i just had someone saying like oh yeah how about uh jimmy the god of uh god of coronas <laughs> it's like Who, who's that oh just some dude i knew but man could he drink corona <laughs>
2: <laughs> indeed so, all right. So we want to get into what we're drinking.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, sure. I just grabbed the new one. Drink with me, friend.
2: All right. I just finished mine. Um it it was good. Uh I did give it a 3.25, but it was just good. Like it, it didn't but, blow me away. Mm, it is okay. called toaster pastry. <laughs> from 21st Amendment Brewing in San Francisco. It is there.
1: What if, what if, I was going to say, what if it was a toaster strudel as opposed to a toaster pastry? It'd probably be too sweet.
2: Well, yeah, if it was an IPA, probably be fine. But otherwise it'd be too sweet for me to drink. Um, Even though Mm. I love me some toaster strudel. Uh, So the, like, I got so excited by the name because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a Pop-Tart in beer form. Um, they list it as an India-style red ale, even though beer, um, Rape Beer has it as an IPA. Um, I mean, it, it, it's basically an IPA in reality. Uh, it does have the red coloring, though. Uh, it's 7.6% ABV, 74 IBUs. The Rape Beer score is 95.
1: That's pretty high.
2: Yeah, but after having it, I don't think that's totally...
1: What would you give it on a scale of 100.
2: I would say seventy. Okay. Yeah, I mean I it's not that it's bad. C. It's just it didn't stand out to me at all. So
1: if we're if we're grading this by letter grade, you just gave it a C.
2: Pretty much. Yeah, it's fine. I I, I would definitely drink it again. It's just not going to be my first pick, but it was good. And yeah,
1: I I we I hadn't seen it before, so I had to go after it. Um, I I will say I remember you remarking how much it tasted like a. Like a, a a un unfrosted pop t- uh, strawberry pop tart. There's a hint to that at the beginning,
2: but that actually goes away, which is oh. strange. And then you get it
1: disappointing m- that it went away
2: a little bit. Like you get more, you just get more hoppiness after a while, and mm-hmm. it just kind of you know just kind of dies down. So, eh. But it's 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 fine. Okay. Well, what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking, and I'm actually looking up to see if. We have talked to, if I have mentioned this beer before um, I, I, I don't have think to I have to imagine
2: you have at least in in
1: I don't think I've had it. it as a what we're drinking yeah maybe not I don't know um but I'm drinking Danka Chain from West Six Brewery uh West Six literally uh probably about four or five blocks from where I live uh It's their, uh, Martin, it's that time of year. It's, it's Oktoberfest time and boy, was it like, I'm going through just the create your own six pack literally minutes before the episode starts. Like I'm in the cold section going, all right, what do we got? What do we got? And it's a whole lot of Oktoberfests. Uh, and I look down and they have a whole six pack of West six, Donkey chain. It may be one of my favorite things that West six does, uh, I, I, they don't have it all year round, so it's it may also have something to do with the fact that it's seasonal, um, and that it's a Mars and so I, I love Marzen's. Uh It's five point five ABV. Uh, I couldn't find an IBU on Untapped, but let me see if Rate Beer has anything. Uh, nope. So there are no hops. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine it would be high anyway with that
1: that style of beer. Not a single pellet. <laughs> Not, yeah, um, but Rate Beer gives it a score of uh, forty-two overall and sixty-nine for the style.
2: Forty-two seems awfully low for that one. Forty-two
1: seems low. Like I think it's because I, I did. I did read through some of the comments, and some people were like, basically, they're usually just giving it like a a. I don't know what this scale is out of, but like usually they're giving it like a three something. I think it's out of a five point scale. It looks like, but they're, uh, uh, one guy complained that it just tastes just kind of watery. And it's, it's, I will say it's probably a little weaker than some other, some other Marsins. but there's a lot of ec- extra seasoning in there that you don't normally expect out of, out of some of these, uh, a couple extra spices. I think, um, they, they serve it in their usual cans. Uh, they, they do everything in cans. I don't think they, they do anything in bottles.
0: Uh, I've never seen so, anything from theirs in a bottle.
1: Well, okay, correction. The only thing you can get from a bottle from there is a growler.
2: <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Uh, but, you know, I think it's a pretty solid solid beer. Um, you know, if you happen to be in the Kentucky area or wherever else they distribute to, give it a shot. Uh, it's it's like i said i think it's one of their their better ones that they make but uh, i also went a little a little octoberfest crazy there's like three or four other ones in my create your own six pack because
2: there's so many out right now oh god it's
1: it's the most wonderful time of the year yeah yeah for beer <laughs> for beer it's the most wonderful time for, for beer, beer. Chris, what are you drinking?
0: I am about to polish off my Coffee okie from Prairie Artisan Ales. It okay. is an imperial brown ale aged in whiskey barrels with coffee added.
1: Okay. Well, you have aged in whiskey barrels, so I'm interested.
0: <laughs> That's what interested me, too. Uh, ABV hits in at 13%, so it's on the high Jesus. side. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Back in a punch did not help with pronouncing a lot of those names. <laughs> doesn't help when you're seeing like four of those names show up. It's giving me a bit of the dry mouth as well. So, uh, well, probably because it tastes like bad. there's a cigar in it and, somewhere. So, yeah, there is this. I mean, it's busy. There's a lot going on in this beer. Uh, IBUs, by the way, no one's listing them, doesn't say anywhere. Uh, rate beer score of 99, which I'm kind of not getting. Um like I was saying it's really busy like you can taste everything that's going on in it but it doesn't all mesh well together for some reason. Now I've had imperial brown ales with coffee added and barrel aged before and everything meshed really well together and it was awesome. This had like a real like a coke fizz on the head, mm-hmm. right after I poured it. Like, you could hear it. Like, sh- you could hear yeah. yeah. But after that, the head quickly dropped off of it, and then it just tasted kind of flat. Uh, not great head retention, then. Head retention was gone, and the flavors, it's really, like, they just didn't mix. Everything just stood apart on its own, and didn't want anything to do with the other flavor.
2: I think it's mm-hmm. one of the first darker beers that i've had that i'm just like no (laughs) i took a drink and was like why does it taste like there's a cigar in the bottom of this
0: i just i mean sometimes cigar is just a cigar Brittany. (laughs) there is there really is this like just
2: doesn't taste good
0: there's like a tobacco quality
2: i like brown ales a lot like the i mean obviously the the founders one probably has been one of the best ones i've had the the founders um Sumatra, sumatra yeah
0: which I found a single bottle of over the weekend. It's in the fridge. And I'm going to go drink it right after this. <laughs> so when you when you
1: say when you say tobacco flavor, we're, we're not talking though like Folgers Red Can Coffee. No,
0: it, no. Um,
1: or, uh, no, Marlboro Red Cigarettes and Folgers Red no, Can, no. Can Coffee. No.
0: Yeah. no, no. We're not talking Pikeville Porter. <laughs> we are, we're talking like like it does taste like a cigar, not like a you know, chewed up or smoked cigar. It just really has this like strong tobacco leaf quality yeah. to it. Just, uh, tobacco leaf. That's like, the best way. And
2: it's like a weird smokiness, but not in a good way.
0: Yeah. yeah like, so it that, makes me. doesn't
1: see- seem terribly interesting, I guess. Or
0: terribly inviting. Yeah. It makes me question what whiskey barrels they used. Mm, like, well, from whom were the barrels like what was the, what was the liquor they got you know like the
2: most peatiest scotch ever or no, something like that i don't not know it's no,
1: because lines. peaty smoky scotch flavor is oh, it's usually good That's different right. from a tobacco
2: i don't even
0: yeah the tobacco thing cuz it just says whiskey so it's i'm going to guarantee it's not bourbon barrels but it's like, like jack daniel's uh, barrels <laughs> i would almost guess i mean
2: i mean i can't,
0: can't even crow. <laughs> I don't know what it is it is it is really odd, and this to have a ninety nine on rate beer like near perfect score i mean different people like different things made,
2: yeah, made, oh, very much
1: yeah
0: i I would like to try it at some point just to just to see it okay. oh, yeah. this is the only bottle I'd ever seen of it that's why I grabbed it, yeah, and I'm disappointed.
2: It's just that yeah that that particular taste happened to not appeal to either of us. But I, I like that.
0: Yeah. I
1: like that. Like you're just finishing this off. I'm on my third Donka chain for since we've start since we started this call.
0: Well, like I said, it's kind of flat and almost syrupy. Yeah. So yeah. it's letting it, it. Feels like maybe it'll be better as it warms. No, no, that has not been a thing. I should have chugged it.
1: That's the other yeah. thing. Like so, it, may, maybe that's one of those things that might be better on draft and it might be better yeah like in a, maybe. S- in a small like snifter so you can drink a little bit at a time
0: yeah draft would be a lot better it would it would keep it alive a lot longer
2: it needs that tiny snifter that they had at hopcat for like the uh, the Prairie bomb yeah that w- that would make sense but um and it's interesting that it had such um that fizz like head initially because yeah it tasted really flat when i drank it. So yeah, it's odd.
1: There could have, you know, there's also the chance that there is not to say but there's just there's a chance that there was something wrong with your particular batch maybe too. Right. Yeah. Right. So, oh. um, I'm not saying don't ever try it. I'm saying like, oh, i'm sure the next one will be good. I'm just saying, yeah. If i find some I will try it and then you will uh, and then we'll see if we can compare notes.
0: All, All right. right. Uh, announcements as was heard at top of show with our little bit we did. Uh, another quick reminder about Oktoberfest Cincinnati. If you want to come hang out with us in Cincinnati at America's Oktoberfest, we will be down there Saturday, September seventh. You can come hear me. I don't think it's September 7th, 17th. Yeah. 17th. Oh, 17th. Yes.
1: Uh you can go around and hear me uh mutter to myself about the Pennsylvania polka because
0: polka
1: polka polka. Well, no, cuz I'm thinking of groundhog day. Yeah.
0: And all polka runs together after a while. Another quick tangent. Have you watched Stranger Things yet? No. no, I don't know if it's necessarily my bag. That's why I'm afraid to try to get started. I was just going to say, I'm convinced that the town set that they used for that is the exact same one from
1: Groundhog's Day. Is there a
0: giant uh, giant hole uh, of water and ice? No, but it looks like the the little city center and square and everything looks identical. So I'm thinking they may have reused it because also you know the show is set in '83.
1: Yeah. Uh, but back on topic. Back on topic. Uh, um, other yeah, you know, come meet up with us on the 17th if you're in the area or you know feel like coming out to it. It's it it is a blast. We'll be there for at least the first half of the day,
0: and then we'll retire back here to do the Mertzen Bowl episode. Which will, also be, Bowl. which will also be our one-year anniversary. So, yay, one year of the
1: show. <laughs> You're going to hear me at some point during the Mert- Mertzen Bowl shout, Two Mertzens enter! One Mertzen leaves!
0: <laughs> Actually, for the Mertzen Bowl... Lots of
2: Mertzens are entering.
0: Okay. Twelve <laughs> will enter. One will leave. Actually, uh, in the end, none will leave, because we'll drink them all.
1: will be in my belly. But one they'll will leave, win.
0: They'll leave when it's processed past my kidneys. <laughs> And uh, another little reminder about uh, the road trip. We are in the process of getting a bottle swap put together in uh, Denver on September Friday, September 2nd. Uh, we already have one person who's down for that bottle swap, and you need to email us and let us know if you want in on that so we know what to bring. Uh, that, that same day, uh, Friday, September 7th, we are also planning uh to go to great divide and epic brewing second so that's why i said second you said seventh you Sorry. said seventh I meant to say second on the second
1: in addition to the bottle swap you're going to great divide
0: yes great divide and epic and, and another uh, other places around it's not where we're going isn't set in stone but those two we're definitely going to be swinging by uh, if you want to come with us you need to email us let us know so we can you know arrange it and
1: I'll be in my apartment
0: saying sadly to myself,
1: Oh by myself. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make a sad sad song joke because I I use that song a lot in my head.
2: But you'll be up as soon as we get back from this. <laughs> so everybody everything's gonna be fine.
1: I'll come up and they're like, Hey guys and like you're like dragging yourself in through the
0: door. What? Uh, I'm so tired. Okay, <laughs> no. Everyone won't even be able to understand. We get, we'll be getting back like that Sunday into Monday. We get like three days recovery. Then it's Oktoberfest, and by recovery you mean like work days, right? Yes, work days, <laughs> and work days for me are you know up at two a.m. So yeah, it's there's no rest in there. It's we're back for three days. Everyone piles up here. And since everyone'll be up here drinking heavily for an entire weekend, there's probably going to be a ton of recording going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're like uh a little preview into the future. We'll be doing a Meritzen Bowl. We'll be doing a tasting episode,
0: which will promise to be extremely long. <sighs> Pack a well, lunch. Well, we don't do spe-
1: we don't do short special episodes.
0: We don't do short episodes, period.
2: <laughs> we don't do short much This one's much
0: short anything. and it's already going over an hour. Well, that's why we're wrapping it up. Speaking of which, why don't we go ahead and do that? (laughs) All right.
1: Right. Don't call attention to the segue.
0: (laughs) So
2: remember to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. There you can find each of our respective untapped profiles and the show's social links for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, if If nothing else, you can look for Have a Drink Show on those social networks. Uh, tell us your favorite drink, ask us a question, uh, leave some feedback, or get in touch about meetups or bottle swaps. Feedback at haveadrinkshow.com You can also use the feedback page on the website.
1: And as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music, and Lynn Peralta for the album art. Uh, You can find links to their stuff on the episode pages on the site. And please remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes. Uh, The links you can find are... Links to subscribe can also be found on the site.
2: Alright, so uh, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
0: I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.